Hi, I'm Mike, a working dad of two wee boys. And I'm Paul Campbell, also a working dad of two little lads. This is Balancing Dads, a podcast that assumes it's normal for working dads to be present in their kids' lives. Hello. Happy New Year, Happy Christmas, etc. This week we have with us a special guest, Luke Hefson, a co-worker and friend of mine in those orders. Um, and he is a dad and... He what else do you want to tell us about yourself, Luke? What do you do with your life? Uh, I am a product manager at GitHub. Um, and otherwise, I don't know. What do I do? Play music. Well, actually, there's other things I try to do, like play music. But mostly um, just probably watching Netflix and, and dadding, really. Netflix and dad. <laughs> yes, Netflix and dad. <laughs> that, will, that will guarantee you more children. <laughs> that will. <laughs> And how many children do you have? What's your family set up, etc.? We have two children, a eight-year-old and a five-year-old. Oh, no, got the age wrong. Seven-year-old. Oh. I'm already thinking ahead. Did you do that? You did basically like plan the age like before it comes. Was that just me? Never mind. Anyway. One, one podcast topic that Mike and I have discussed is having someone with much older kids and just asking them questions about what it's like based on what we think it's going to be like. Oh, I like that. I like that, mm. yeah. So, does it get easier, please? please. <laughs> um, I mean, it gets different, right? I feel like this is the this is the thing that older parents, like parents with... I mean, I say older kids, you know, mine are seven and five, so they're not, but... Um, can, they, can they, like, go to the toilet fully by themselves? They can do that, yeah. Yeah, they can do that. Um, washing hands is a challenge, though. Oh. Um, but yeah, they can do that. But then I, th- I feel like yeah, the thing that the thing that people with oh, you know older kids than whatever your kids' age are, they always say is like, and it's true. Basically, it's like it's not easier. It's just different, but still hard. <laughs> I would say like as a general trend, <laughs> maybe like if I could draw like a graph, it has like like plateaued out in a way of being slightly easier than when you have little little kids but you know it still has its challenges we like to fantasize that maybe you get to lie in once in a while oh no that doesn't happen (laughs) i mean my my my, our our, um our five-year-old uh has uh, like about a month ago she started sleeping through the night as in ever (laughs) moving swiftly So one of the reasons I wanted Luke to join us on this podcast is because he has done a lot of traveling with his children. Mm-hmm. So was there not something, Luke, I remembered, like before your youngest was two, they'd been to every continent or something close to that? Can you elaborate yeah. on memory? Yeah, kind, kind of. Yeah, I don't know. That's kind of like bragging rights, right? Like um, uh, our eldest... Like we just kind of like we really enjoyed my I'm very lucky like in my job that I can um that I can work remotely and, and do my job kind of asynchronously and so my wife and I we really enjoyed traveling we never did a um we hadn't really done like a gap year traveling thing before um and so we even before we had kids we 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 traveled a lot so we just didn't really want that to stop when we had kids so um so yeah we we did and do do a lot of traveling when we can um, and yeah our eldest somehow managed to get it's kind of crazy like we we kind of like went to where do we go 
Buenos Aires or Africa or, or a, a continent, basically. And we're like, oh, wow, like <laughs> we've fooled our child around like everywhere except for Antarctica. But I mean, still need to work on that one. That that never really counts. That's like the kind of the bonus continent of continent challenges. So what have your experiences been with those all these? I mean, presumably because you keep doing them, they have been broadly more positive than negative with kind of traveling with your kids. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, like we that I mean, we would still be doing more of it now if not for the fact that um that they're both in school, right? So mm-hmm. um so you know, 3 years ago we basically had to limit these travels to um to school holidays, right? Um, and that makes it kind of harder and more annoying. But um, but we're still doing it, and we still kind of do it as much as we can. And uh, and like so, maybe like we'll go somewhere during a school holiday, and I'll take a week off, and then you know, like then I might still then we might still stick on at that place for depending on how much holiday we have, like school holiday there is, like stay stick on for another week, and and I'll work. Um, from like the Airbnb or whatever but um, yeah it's been uh, like for me like traveling is okay so like backstory like I um, I think part of the reason why I'm so like pro traveling and, and why I'm like quite comfortable with it and like why I you know like my wife and I very happily my wife Lara and I very happily like take um, our kids traveling is because like uh, Lara uh, traveled a bit when she was a kid like lived in Australia for a while and then I also uh, my dad worked for the foreign office in the UK and he would do postings every sort of, uh, we'd do like three year postings every you know like like pretty much like one after the other and we'd come back to the UK for a bit maybe sometimes but so I was kind of hauled around a lot of countries when I was a kid and um, I think it really shaped who I am and I think changed how I look at the world. And that's something, I mean, so like, you know, like we, <laughs> like as parents, like we all want the experiences we had. Uh, like if you, if I feel like there's this, um, almost like a stereotypical thing that like if, if as a parent you had quite a happy childhood, which I did, I was very lucky, then you want like the nostalgia and you want some part of that for your children basically you like want to like project that onto your children and that is like totally what i'm doing right like i'm like <laughs> like liked being in different places and having new experiences when i was younger and i'm like oh, i want that for my kids so like short of actually moving permanently abroad somewhere that's kind of what we're kind of doing through some of these travels do you feel like the kids enjoy this experience of travel is a part of your kind of back and forth with them is a part of something you feel like they they, a, they feel is, is important in their lives yeah that's a good question and the 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 way you sort of phrased it with like part of their back and forth i think is is kind of a an element of it like it's uh, you know they do enjoy it they definitely do and like nowadays like certainly as they're older they definitely definitely enjoy it and like they really look forward to holidays and, and going away when they were really little I think it was more just something they accepted as just like kind of part of a thing that we did right and that like it wasn't necessarily they enjoyed or they didn't enjoy it it was just like kind of part of you know what we did and you know they kind of accepted like oh so we're gonna go away for like a month or three and like I'm not gonna like 
the food, you know, like they're picky and they don't like the food, any, like <laughs> they don't eat food anyway, right? But like, they're like, I'm going to like the food even less, but you know, it just means a little bit more white rice and Pringles, right? Um, <laughs> um, and they kind of go along with it. And then, but then they, I mean, they talk about it all the time. Like they always are talking about the stuff they did when they were little kids. And oftentimes I think that's because in part, not even because they necessarily have those memory, you know, like, you know, like sub three or whatever, right? They're not going to have like mm. super strong memories, but like sometimes those things are triggered by photos and they're like, oh yeah, like, you know, I remember when we found that frog or whatever, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> we had guests over and we, we did the traveling thing, thing. The first was, he was in the United States three times in his first 18 months because my wife worked for your company and they demanded it. And we had, uh, we, we visited friends who have a, a little boy the same age and they visited over the holiday and uh, the, the two three-year-olds were chattering together, reminiscing of when they met in upstate New York when they were six months old. <laughs> because this memory, they don't have the memory, but they do have the stories that we've told yes. them. So it did happen. My eldest loves to recount the time that she played peekaboo with her sister and made her sister like really laugh. And like the reason that memory is so strong is to have a video of it, right? Like she saw the video and she thinks it's a really strong memory. It's not really, it's a video. Um, but like that, I don't know, there's like some kind of, there's something, even though it's a video and it, it like it's not a real memory, there's something really strong about it. And I think it's kind of the same for traveling, right? Like they see the photos of the traveling. Lara and I talk about the traveling and they're like, that was great, right? And yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's well, nice. What I'm interested in is having done it with number one, I think he, he was on something like 30 flights in his first year. Number two has has taken. We've taken one trip in his first seven months, hmm. and so for us it was like we do not want to keep doing this. <laughs> so what what is it like? We we just found that it was mostly challenge, and then every so often there was some really nice experience. But it it feels like maybe you think that it's there are fewer challenges and more rewarding experiences. Like what are the challenges for you, and what are the rewards that make it worth it? Yeah, um, I, I mean, I'd kind of like caveat this all with like I think it, it's. Um, yeah, I had some strong opinions on parenting and, and nature versus nurture and which is which. And I think sometimes parents conflate like which is which. And, and, and I do think that like with my kids, as, though, as much as Lara and I like to think that we like nurtured them to be these like all these like hippie children that are like super embracing of everything. Like I actually think that there's some nature there where they just were like, they just are, um, <laughs> this is going to sound mean, but they're very sedentary children. They're like, <laughs> <laughs> like um, I, I was told I wasn't allowed to call them lazy anymore. Mm. Um, they are, they're just, um, you know, they have their, you know, we have our, stre our parents' stresses, like all parents do, you know, like I mentioned my five-year-old only recently, like sleeping through the night and things like that. But um, generally in their approach, like outlook to life they are they don't they're not like they're not like running around a lot right and they're like not like they're not really sporty kids right they really that my two children like our, our friends find it hilarious because my children love nothing more than just like going around like if they go on a play date they go around somebody else's house like the other parents are like oh you know like what you know let's go to the park what things are we going to do and my children are like can we just sit down and craft 
Like, can we just wow. literally draw, right? And so that, that, the fact that they're like that has been like really helpful for us. So I think that experience is probably different for, to some other parents. Like we're, we've been very lucky in that respect that like, that they both, um, the, the thing, the thing that Lara and I love the most about uh, traveling is going to um, just going to like cafes and uh, or, or what <laughs> or you know like we might call it a cafe but maybe it's actually a pub um, and you know and just sitting and having some food or having a coffee um, maybe sometimes a beer um, and the kids kind of like sit there and they draw or they like we just kind of chat to them a little bit and um, so the Yes, I think we've been really lucky in that respect. That's a lot of what we do in this kind of like, um, in our like traveling time. I think something that's been really helpful for us as well, we had this kind of, um, we set a rule for ourselves really early on when we were doing traveling that like we would do, uh, we call it the one nice thing a day rule. So you like, even if I'm working and it's not a day off and we're, you know, somewhere abroad and um, there's not any particular amazing thing that we want to do on that day or in that town, we still make sure that we set aside to like do a, like a nice thing as a family, like at the very, you know, lower end of the spectrum, like that might be um, just going to the park, like after I finish work or together or it might be you know um something else or going to a zoo or whatever and mm. I, I when working abroad i got into the habit of like getting up at, at basically like 5 a.m every morning and then working till like 2 p.m or something so that i could have like the afternoons free to do things with them so i think that's really helped that's very nice yeah yeah, yeah that's lovely. but it, i mean there's definitely yeah, there's definitely like the the things that are more difficult are like I think the most difficult thing I found about traveling with the kids is like you just ha- like I just had to like recalibrate my expectations like for what we were going to do on you know at places like so we would like whenever we go abroad with the kids we just we Lara and I just fully accept we're probably not going to do the cool tourist thing or mm. see the sites that you're supposed to see or do. Um, we just those are just a write off, right? Like so, like going to Paris and not seeing the Eiffel Tower is is something that would probably <laughs> happen, right? Like you know, like or, or you know, you just you just kind of accept that as a tour, you're not going to get to be that tourist and like and see those things. And what instead, what you do is you just accept that you're being led by the essentially by the children's whims and that you have to sort of compromise meet in the middle and and our, and our compromise our, our meeting in the middle is actually often just yeah like going to parks or cafes or, or whatever and when i was in london living in london i did take the three-year-old i guess he was two then to the tate modern um really Brave. really nice kids lunch that they do in the tate modern cafe by the way pro tip but uh, I, I brought him up around the the art. He didn't care about the actual art himself, but I just kind of whispered in, in his in his ear, like, "Oh, isn't this amazing?" And in every single room that we entered, at the top of his voice, he just w- walked in and said, "Oh my word!" And just had people in stitches. <laughs> that's nice. <laughs> that, and that's good that you were like. I, I mean, I don't know. 
like we go to modern art galleries and my kids are just like this is scary and weird mm-hmm. <laughs> no i get i guess a bit older like he didn't care what what the art was i mean it was just yeah. shiny things on walls yeah um, <laughs> at that age i think yes, you can get away with it yeah so i, I think it's okay I was just going to say, like, I think so. Yeah, in those kind of situations, I just like, I basically also just like sometimes know I might pay to go into a place like that, but also just set myself the expectation that we're probably just going to end up sitting in the cafe, or we're probably just going to walk around for half an hour and go, and like it's going to be quick. And I just have to accept that I don't, I sort of don't get my way. It does sound like you did win some kind of biological lottery. <laughs> like I, I used to be proud that. Our little dude would sit and drink his baby chino as long like, as soon as his baby chino and snack were finished it was like onto the playground like but he would sit he wouldn't run around during um, but i don't i think those days are over <laughs> he needs to move yeah we're, yeah we've been super lucky i mean like for us it's actually we also almost had the opposite problem sometimes where we're like we're like we need our children to be fit and like we have to like haul them you know like haul them to a playground or like the big problem in our household is going to school right like we're a five minute walk from school and every day that is two times a day that's a battle right just like it's a real nightmare um in fact i'm still stressed right now from my yeah. attempts at taking my child to school this morning uh, <laughs> how long did it take you it's our 10 minute walk took literally one hour this morning <laughs> oh okay it's not that bad i mean like you gotta remember as well my kids are older like but <laughs> okay that's pretty bad uh <laughs> no no it took us yeah it took us like 15 minutes or something. so then I, I i took him to school and he's like i don't want to go to school and outside the classroom i said oh, that was the longest walk to school ever and he's like i don't want to go in and i was like just go in and see the teacher he said i want to just go and see the teacher and then go home he walked in and then i hear him go into the classroom obviously beaming delighted to be there and he said we went on the longest walk to school ever <laughs> <laughs> Back onto the the traveling with kids thing. Uh, so, I, I think we've kind of had a somewhat middle route where I, I think a bit like you, Paul, where we did a reasonable amount of traveling with the eldest. Where I think he went to Canary Islands when he was three months, uh, New York when he was nine months, um, and then Dublin and Berlin when he was you know just about over a year. And I think like the last ones, the Dublin and Berlin were kind of horrifying because. Uh, just like the being on a plane when he was pre-iPad age was horrific. Um, and I feel like with all our travels, if we could just teleport there somehow, mm. then I would. Then we'd probably do like loads and loads of stuff because they're actually pretty good when they get there and they're pretty adventurous with food and stuff like that. But um, what I'd be interested in is, I guess, A, Luke, do you find the flights, particularly like the, some of the mammoth ones you've done, to be stressful at all and be like do you have any kind of tips for those long flights yeah I, I, so uh a yes they're definitely stressful i mean like we um uh, pre-ipad right so i'll just i'll just preface this by saying like uh post ipad right like um so like we've we've we don't have any strict rules around screen time or anything in our household, but like basically, you know, we just like, you know, we try not to, for them not to have them all the time. Um, but when it comes to a flight day, it is carte blanche on the iPad, right? It is like, <laughs> it's like, fill your boots. <laughs> um, and that 
it obviously like helps a ton. Um, but you know, it's still, it's even now, like it can still be hard. You do a long haul flight and they, it's mostly the them, them being uncomfortable getting down to sleep. And actually my eldest is now finding that more and more like difficult. Um, because she is seven and she's a bit bigger and it's just harder for her to get comfortable. Like once she's, once she's, once she's done like five hours of iPad and she's like, okay, I need a, like a few hours sleep now. It's, mm. It can be difficult, but we sort of, we get there. Um, but before the iPads, like it was, yeah, like it, it was hard. I mean, we like to be really prepared. So we'd just like make, we'd like make sure we like bring a lot of food with us on the plane, like to kind of distract them. Um, like I said, also, we're just very lucky that our kids aren't like that, that, you know, they were born sedentary. So like, they've never been like ones to like want to walk, like get out and walk around the plane loads. Even when they were like toddlers, they were generally okay. So long as you're always keeping them entertained. And that I think with toddlers on planes was the really hard part. Just like you, cause like, you know, you're on a plane and you're like, oh, you know, for the adult, it's awful, right? You're like there for, eight, nine. I mean, we went to Australia twice and, you know, there's like, you know, almost 24 hours of flying. And it's like, as an adult, you're like, this is horrific. I'm so tired. I just want to like zone out, but you can't, you have to, I think that's it. Like we, we would just always accept that like flying is a necessary evil. It's going to be awful, but it's finite. Like it it does end. (laughs) And then the the rewards out, outweigh the, the pain. Um, and so, yeah, I think like for us in terms of like tips, it would just be like, we just wouldn't let ourselves not entertain the children. It'd just be like, oh God, I just got to f- get through this and just like constantly give the child treats and attention. And um, yeah, um, I don't know. Just like muddling through really. Like Shout out to, to airline staff. I find that, the staff it was it happened to be on British Airways at the time were really good when our little lad was at his worst travelling time and did want to roam the corridors and we got stickers and little tours and it was a it was a, one of those planes with an upstairs and he got to go upstairs and um, having sympathetic staff yes it, it makes such a huge difference I I totally agree in fact I would say that like um, it's funny because as a person, I really um, worry about what people think of me generally day to day. Like that's a <laughs> anxiety I have. Um, but when it comes to planes and other passengers, I just think, fuck you. Like I, <laughs> basically I'm like, <laughs> I don't know where it's come from. <laughs> Maybe just, I guess from traveling with, with young children, I've just been like, look, like, as a parent getting a child like okay maybe I'm, I'm choosing it to do it because it's a holiday so i don't have to travel and so therefore i am putting you through this but there are people i get really annoyed like when people on planes are, like really angry about children and you're like well, maybe that person has to travel with that child right like maybe they don't have an option like you, you, like it's just like plane travel is just awful for everybody like i don't know um but when it comes to the actual crew like I don't want to upset the crew. So like, I, I, and because I'm, I, they can make a big difference and they can make things a lot nicer, not just for me, but for everybody else, right? Like, so if you've got, if you've annoyed the crew or like the crew find you to be an irritation because your child is just, you know, being an asshole or whatever, like that's something I just completely avoid, right? Because um, I think, yeah, the crew being happy just makes everybody happier. Absolutely, and it, it, by far, in a way, I've, I've, I've crew 
folks have been extremely supportive and over and above. I can't think of a single example where a crew member disappointed me with, with kids, which is, that gives me hope for the future and their future and ours. Yeah, and I think I think that almost like the longer the flight as well, the more often like often more accommodating the crew are actually. So like we do like short haul flights or we've you know like we've always been like low cost airlines and stuff like that. Mm. They can be you know you, you know sometimes maybe you, you, that you have that fear that you're not even going to be like yeah. sat exactly where you want to be like almost convenient for the kids and the crew don't necessarily care because they're like look it's just a short flight like. But when it comes to long haul flights, I've always found the crew to be like super just like. Yeah. Because the thing is, right, like, they're incentivized to be nice as well because they're, like, <laughs> you know, like, if if the kids are going crazy and you can't restrain them, then that's just bad. Like, everybody on the flight has a bad time. Right. Yeah. And it, it is rare, but the, the irritable other passenger is, is such a strange phenomenon. Um, I, I always sit in the back row to minimize the, the contact with anyone else so there's nobody behind you so you definitely can't disturb anybody but I once sat down and a grumpy chap I, I was sat in the middle and three year old was sat next to me by the window in the back row of the plane and then grumpy fella was in the middle in the row ahead and he preemptively like I, I tapped his chair and I, I I can only assume that he thought it was the kid, and I like literally tapped, like I, you, I, my 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 knee brushed off it, and he preemptively turned around to tell me that he could feel it, and I'm I'm guessing he was surprised to see that it was me sat there, and ugh, this morning um, we we went into the park, and our, our local park has signs that say no cycling, and there are always loads of people cycling through it, and the kid who was scooting through, and I don't know if it's no scooting zone, but. He was scooting along and a cyclist went past and at the top of his voice he said, no cycling, which is something I would never do. But I sort of smiled when he did it. And that moment with that grumpy fellow on the plane is just like it sort of questioned my sense of introversion because there were so and slow thinking because there were so many things later that I wished I had said to him because who preemptively turns around to add stress to a parent who has their kid. I can't control when he kicks your chair. I'm sorry, I don't want him to do it, but I can't control it. <laughs> I think there's a balance because I've definitely been on the the other end and I wasn't, I wasn't, a, I don't think a dick about it. But no, 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 I, I mean, because for, for me, it's almost don't like- they like angry. <laughs> if they kick your chair, like I'm like, you know, if there's someone behind me, particularly a child, I expect them to kick my chair, but it's almost like if they're repeatedly doing it again and again and again and again, and the parents completely ignoring the child, yeah, yeah. then that's when like I've almost been, and I, again, I don't almost like direct to the child or whatever. Well, no, in fact, sometimes I'll almost like nicely like say to an older child, like, oh yeah, would you mind like not doing that or whatever? But yeah, yeah. on the other end, like, I feel like if, as long as a parent is attempting to rectify the situation, even if it's unsuccessful, then on whatever end I am, I give them slack. And like I, because I'm quite a defensive, like RC, somewhat <laughs> conflicty person anyway, but I, I preemptively have in my head almost like comebacks if someone like gives me any shit with stuff like that. Um, so like I, I think the one I've used a couple of times before is like, oh, I guess you were one of the few humans who was never a child. Therefore, like, I guess you can't really relate to what it's like and stuff like that. Because it's just, I don't know. I, I think that's the weird thing with children is it's like, it's Have you literally... used that on somebody? That just doesn't yeah, sound I'd like it would go over well. <laughs> oh, it, I mean, they just shut up after that, basically. But, 
I mean, it's, it, that's the weird thing about like children, because it's like it's the one universal thing. You know, you may not have children yourself, but literally every adult human was once a child, and chances are they were also a pain sometimes. You know, and and maybe their parents never took them on a plane. But as Luke said, you know, you don't know the reason that child's on a plane. You know, it could be that that's their only way of seeing grandparents, parents, siblings, whatever it may be. So I don't know. Cut people some slack. I think the important thing for parents is just not being oblivious to it, right? Like, yeah. w- like e- even just an apology helps. Like, we, um, j- uh, literally, uh, just a few weeks ago, my uh, we went on a flight somewhere, and my wife has sat there, and the plane hasn't taken off, and then like my 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 seat behind me starts getting a real kicking, and you know we can hear a child, you know we can hear that there's a child behind us, and my wife and i we just sort of like look at each other like riley we're uh, like it's kind of like oh here we go right it's gonna, it's gonna be a flight of flight of kicking um and then no sooner have we looked at each other like that then the parent leans over the seat over the top of us and says oh, i'm really sorry he's you know like he's very autistic so um you might be getting some more of this on the flight and we're like that's fine that, like, I, like, but as soon as she said that i was like I was like, you know, I almost felt bad about looking, looking, having that look with my wife, you know, like just being like, oh, wow, like that kid can kick me all they want now, right? Like you've, you've explained the situation. Um, you've been really polite about it. Great. Like, that's fine. Right. That's fine. It's degrees. Number yeah. one, you should have sat in the back row. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. On practical tips. Luke, again, having done a lot of multi-time zone stuff, so what what happens with your children with jet lag and what do you do to Ooh, help that, if anything? That's a good one. I mean, that's a bloodbath too, right? Like, it's, it's, more, it's, more, it's more carte blanche iPad and it's, mm. it's, it's really just like, um, I don't know, I think like the best tip is really just like surrendering to the fact that um, as a parent, you're like the asshole that put them through it. So normal rules of engagement don't really apply anymore. And I feel like as long as you set the boundaries and you tell the children that this is a, 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 a finite period of time in which the normal rules of engagement uh, don't apply, then they seem to be okay with that. And, they, and when you get back to the regular routine and normal service commences, then they... Well, for us anyway, our kids like understand that. So like, yeah, so for jet lag, you know, we'd get to a destination and it would just kind of be like, pretty much be like Lara and I will like take turns to kind of deal with them. Whoever's like the most tired, like try and grab a little bit of sleep. And again, just kind of like, basically we do whatever the kids want really. Like they, they get to be in charge for like until they're not jet lag pretty much. Like, you know. I'll get there and I'm like, oh, you know, like, oh, I've, I've earmarked this amazing restaurant that we should all go to. And my, and Lara is the, is the voice of reason. will be like, nah, like the kids are sitting and watching iPad. I'm like, yeah, you're right. That's, that's, yeah, that's what they're, that's what they're going to do. <laughs> and I guess that segues nicely to another question, which is you sort of mentioned this before, but I mean, do you have any tips for like food in different mm. places where you maybe can't get the type of food you would normally have them eat? <laughs> yeah. That like, um, I mean, my kids love white carbs, <laughs> and I don't think um, that we've been the best. Um, like our kids are not like great eaters of um, strange foods. Um, they're pretty fussy, and I think that probably is a little bit more um, 
nurture than nature in that like I don't think uh, Lara and I have been super good maybe at like really trying to you know make sure that they're eating all their vegetables and things so um, but the good news is right the good news is that white carbs are available worldwide <laughs> especially Pringles and, Pringles and Oreos you can find those <laughs> in basically any corner shop in the world um, so we yeah we kind of like um you know if we so like a good example would be like vietnam we're in vietnam for like a month or something like that and you know in vietnam you know eating for out for basically every meal is like you know kind of pretty much the norm um but they don't want to eat like fish sauce noodles right so um it's white rice right like we like literally learned the like vietnamese for like white rice boiled rice and it's like that's what they would eat and like you know we you know we should probably feel guilty about that but like we don't (laughs) because like we kind of like we get vegetables in them other times and we try and offset that and we think the experience is worth it Mm. there's an argument too that it would just go through them i just got a message from my wife saying that nappy was full of my carefully diced carrots from his dinner last night. I got a, I got a chance to admire my handiwork, entirely, entirely undigested. So, so what was the point? What was the point? The, the exactly. Pasta, the pasta went in, the carrots came out. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know. Like, And I guess also sometimes... I get main, the main concern that really like affects... Uh, living when we're going abroad in terms of their food because like I said we just basically give in and they will eat you know like white carbs and then we'll try and get them other things like out of you know like if we were in an Airbnb you know we would try and cook meals at home and then like try and actually try and get the vegetables in them that way but um, the thing when you're actually eating out though is like and that would kind of freak us out would be like actually maybe more like hygiene or things like that like especially if you maybe go to some um, developing countries where you want to eat stuff from like you know like street food places and things like that like then maybe that would like put us on a little bit more of an edge of like oh even the white rice like the it doesn't look super hygiene here and like oh, i just saw a rat like uh, you know like <laughs> <laughs> you know like should we be eating here and i think we just sort of take things on a case-by-case basis really like and for the most part we probably would still eat <laughs> Um, and have the children eat and you know like maybe if they got sick would deal with the consequences but like touch wood things have been pretty good have you ever negotiated childcare or child minding while abroad so that you could have a night out or a date that's a good question we have often discussed it and thought about it but we have never done it mm. um <laughs> I, I you know like we've really wanted to because sometimes we've gone to places where like childcare is really good and really cheap right um especially in southeast asia where like people just obsess over children they love children so much um and it's just a cultural thing that like people are just absolutely in love i mean to the point in which like actually it can be kind of annoying when you're like traveling out and around and people want to like you know you're in a supermarket and someone's like can i hold your child and you're like um i guess (laughs) and you give your child like give your like one-year-old to a complete stranger and then like suddenly people appear out of nowhere and take photos and yeah and it's all so it's like totally like um 
uh, it's totally friendly and, you know, like, there's, you know, it's just really nice, actually, um, if not a little bit freaky. So, but, yeah, I think, like, we, I think for us, like, it, it, like even at home, we don't do a lot of childcare. Like, our parents don't live super close. Um, yeah, I think it just, like... I think we would, maybe now particularly as we're a bit older, but previously before, I think we just found it like a little bit weird. And again, kind of coming back to my point of like, just one of those things that we just had to accept that, that we don't get, right? Like we, we, like a nice, a nice night out, just Lara and I in a, you know, cafe and, you know, Hanoi would be lovely, but it's not happening we we did it at a wedding i think it was maybe one of what, three times ever we've done that kind of thing and it was a wonderful woman and she um she brought the boy around the place took for a walk and when it came when it came to bedtime she was she was changing a nappy and changing a nappy feels like something that a, a childminder would uh would know how to do. she she rolled she took it out rolled it up and then lifted it up in such a way that the the patty, as it were, it just fell out of the nappy onto the floor of the, of the hotel. <laughs> <laughs> how do you not know how to do this? Which is, I mean, I didn't never knew how to change a nappy beforehand. But I mean, if you're if you're a childminder, and then we we came back around midnight, and the boy was on the bed crying, on the bed crying, unattended as childminder was in the bathroom and i mean it, it's not as bad as it could have been but it was just yeah it didn't, it didn't encourage us to continue um with yeah with overseas childminding we did do we did it once actually and that was actually as part of a github like um uh an early days github thing with some other githubbers and a bunch of us were like in some shared accommodation together and there was a childminder and basically every every parent freaked out and the, and the like it was fine but like there wasn't enough childminders and our eldest was like six months at the time so we were freaking out a bit and um, we did it anyway and it was still fun but i love i love the one of our employees here has has since become a parent but we were organizing a conference 18 months ago and the issue of childcare came up and at, at any event that we organize in the future we're we're, we're going to try and proactively um, organized childcare but at this at this one we hadn't and there was obviously budget constraints and just considerations but but uh, a colleague who, who didn't have a kid yet um there were, <laughs> we were researching options and one of the options was childcare in a center down the street from the conference venue and when he suggested that just the luck of daggers that we got like literally nobody nobody would ever consider anything other than on-site childcare, preferably where you can see the children as you're attending the conference it's it's such a strange divide in mentality and i remember it like i, I didn't understand it we've we've kind of had like vacation childcare twice i guess so one would be uh at like a place called creef hydra in scotland like one of these big kind of hotels that kind of is partly kate well partly kind of there's kind of a couple of restaurants on site and then there's a, a bunch of like cabins in the in the grounds and stuff like that and they had when we just had our eldest they had like a babysitting service in which someone basically sat in the room and sat on their phone and watched him 
while he slept while we went out and had some dinner and that that was pretty nice because his sleep was reliable enough that we could be confident that they wouldn't come and then also we knew that we were kind of like five minutes away probably at most if they called and, and needed help and then I guess similarly when we went away to the Canary Islands with my parents when he was three months old there was a few times you know my parents would watch him and we would go downstairs and have some dinner or whatever we didn't go kind of off-site or anything um but again that was sort of I feel like parents don't count in this equation it's, it's yeah yeah i mean probably not but again maybe that's part of the hack is yeah. you know yeah if you can it, it go also on holiday like, with grandparents yeah that's a good call it also sounds like the, it's the physiology lottery again um, I feel like our number two, we could get, we could hand him to anybody, and he would just trust them and smile at them and and let them mind him. Whereas we we did actually have another occasion where um, sister in law had had sorted childcare at a at a house for a birthday party, and um, our our number one, he was just too difficult a child. Like he would you would hand him to the the childcare person and he would cry <laughs> and then you would leave the room hoping that he would stop crying and he didn't stop crying and it's yeah it's just the lottery yep. um yeah uh, privileged are you who have kids who just comply <laughs> <laughs> how was holidays i mean do you have the thing where by the time school or monty comes back around that it's just like oh yeah, so this year was a bit different for me because I, uh, I'm i on paternity leave again now. We get kind of, I think I mentioned in a previous podcast, five months in the first year. So I took mm. sort of the first half before and then now I'm taking the, the latter half. So I basically worked quite a bit over the holidays more than I normally would. Um, and that, particularly with the eldest not being in nursery, was a bit tricky and required a bit of um, like figuring stuff out. Uh, but yeah, but was kind of glad for him to get back, and I think he's enjoying it now. I think probably like most parents, we had a nice time, but it was couldn't really describe it as relaxing in any meaningful way. But yeah, nice. How about you, fellas? Mine was yeah, like I don't know. Um, uh, it, it was nice in that we didn't go anywhere. <laughs> Talking about you know, like you know the the. Um, with the fact that like you know we like to get out and travel as much as we can this year we were hosting um, and so we um, we basically f- for, for Christmas we stayed in and but it was nice to like actually um, have time with my family <laughs> actually in our home as opposed to an Airbnb in some you know like strange like foreign land um so that was nice although actually i say that now i do recall that we actually went to stockholm for new Year's Eve, so <laughs> we did so <laughs> we did actually yeah so actually scratch that no travel <laughs> apart from the <laughs> three hour flight. <laughs> yeah scratch that did actually haul the family to stockholm um and that was really nice although yeah, like typical to the traveling with kids situation like we didn't really see stockholm right we saw like the four blocks that we were in but it was mm. still it was still lovely on new year's eve we had 14 and uh all in our house which was lovely but as midnight counted down um just before it happened the three-year-old woke up and he was in a terrible state because we were all making mary downstairs and he he's normally asleep and he he had to come downstairs and open the door and he appeared and he was so distraught and so my wife went upstairs with him to settle him and then the the 
10, 9, 8 countdown came along and everybody started to embrace and I was sat in the middle of my own house like feeling like a total and utter just lonely in the universe as as I didn't have anybody to hug on New Year's moment and literally it said three two and as the count of two the door opened and my wife sprung in and it was just like the the heavens opened and the music started and it was a very it was a very dramatic but pleasant moment so just I mean obviously we have very different experiences then so to confirm you were awake at at midnight then for the first time in five years oh okay no no that's fair so <laughs> well, we we, had, we, we were, yeah we were hosting we were hosting new year's oh we were hosting as well no, you right? were hosting me still. our, our uh, a previous podcast guest jame and his wife laura who share a wall with us so their baby monitor stretches over to ours they came over to our house and had a nice time um and at like i think th- five to ten i just went I'm going to bed. Bye. Um, we we went to that's the three, gracious host that I am. We went to three thirty a.m. Wow, unheard of. That is insane. I think yeah. I was awake at three thirty a.m., but I'd been sleeping for five hours at that point. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Kudos. Yeah. Our kid, our kids, there were fireworks like over Stockholm, and our kids were. Um, they really wanted to see them. Um, but it got to nine or ten or something, and they were just uh, they were just a mess. And so we um, we were yeah we, we were like yeah we'll we'll wake we'll wake you up for the fireworks. I mean we didn't wake them up for the fireworks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then the next morning, like we we generally you know we try you know we generally try and give our children the truth as much as we can. Um, but the next morning they woke up and they're like ah. We missed the fire. We, you didn't wake us up for the fireworks. Like, what? What, what happened? And we were like, oh yeah, they were. Yeah, they were so unimpressive. Um, yeah, you, you know, you wouldn't have missed anything. Yeah, felt a bit bad about that. And now you just put it into posterity. Yeah, and they'll listen to this and hate me in the future. <laughs> well, thanks very much for joining us today, Luke. It's been very helpful. You're very welcome. Mm, a lot of, a lot of- fun tips I, li- I like i like talking about travel stuff i feel like i didn't necessarily give you any <laughs> actually actionable tips loads, other than no, loads. definitely actionable tips okay okay and where can people find you if they want to know more about you on the internet luke uh, uh probably just twitter and it's just luke hesson that's my name we will link that in the show notes thanks again bye everyone <laughs>